We're holding by a parakhes of Sharadar and Nefshachayim, and we now have seen the three types of Yerushimayim which are necessary for a person's success in Torah. And we saw that the Marshal Nefshachayim brought to a person who mixes preservative called Chomtin into his wheat, and that saves the wheat from going rotten. And same thing, the Yerushimayim a person adds into the Torah is what saves the Torah from getting lost. Now on that line of understanding the Nefshachayim continues in Perekhes, and now he brings it back to where he began. Let's remind ourselves that Nefshachayim began by saying that there were those people who spent all their days learning Yerushimayim and Sefer Musa, and he held that was wrong. The primary body of Torah is the Shas and the Halacha, and people he felt when learning that was a mistake. Nevertheless, he then went to say that there's of course an importance to Yerushimayim and it's even a prerequisite for Torah, but that comes back to his primary point, and he says, Amnon, this example of mixing a calf, which is a small share of the schumten, into a big amount of wheat, which is necessary to preserve it, from that we can learn a second point. It's the two examples that Chazal gave to the connection, the relationship between Torah and Yerushimayim. From that we can learn the opposite of the mistake that so many people made, which was they focused their learning only on Yura and Musa and not on learning the main part of the Torah. And why is that a mistake? So it gives both Mashal. Just like when it comes to talking about the storeroom which has to precede the Tfur, the where one's going, one's going to fill the storeroom with. Would any person think that since uh, without the storm I can't keep wheat, I need a storm. If that's the case, so I'm going to spend all my time building storms. I'll never fill them, I'll just build more and more storms. If that's the case, what's the point? If you have empty storms which have nothing inside them, what did I do it for? And therefore, can how would a person possibly think that the focus of a person a person spends all his time just building the storm of Yerushimayim. But it's an empty oitzer, because I never filled it with Torah. And if that's the case, all I gained was to be Mekayim one mitzvah that I've worked on my Yerushimayim. But it's not an oitzer. And therefore, he's not arguing that there is a mitzvah of Yerushimayim, and he's not arguing that there's a place for that mitzvah. But he says, if this is the way they're learning Torah, then it's a mistake. Because learning Torah is meant to be that a person knows the Torah, and uh, the Yerushimayim is just a way for a person to bring himself to a place where he can retain the Torah he's learned. And if a person is only spending his time on Yerushimayim and nothing else, then even if he's built himself something which can hold Torah, he never pulled to the Torah. And therefore, that's the first mistake he talked about. And this we have to add a second point. And that is, why would that be something which a person, like in his words, feels I'm going to build more and more storms and never fill them? I just have an empty eye, A person would say, I'm working Yerushimayim first. So, right now I'm building my storehouse, I'm going to work on Yerushimayim, it'll take me days, weeks, months, even years, whatever it is, but I'm building my storehouse. And then once the storehouse is built, now I'll be able to learn. And now I have the tools in place, and I'm on a level where I'm going to learn successfully. In other words, what what objection would the Nefesh Chaim have to 
So a person who says, true, right now, all I'm doing all day is learning Yura. That's not a life commitment. That's right now, until I've built my Oetzer of Yerushimayim. When I've done it, then I'll, then I'll use Pola Oetzer with all the Torah that there is. And the answer is, and this is an important point, and it speaks to people in the outdoor also, who say a similar kind of thing. If you ask many Yeshiva Barakim today about what they're trying to achieve in the way that they're learning, which is as you do, today the Yeshiva is learning very slowly, we cover very little ground, and discuss everything in great detail. And if you ask about it today, so what are you trying to achieve with all the learning? What are you coming out of it with? In other words, you're not going to know the Masechta, maybe with difficulty you'll know one parent. And then Bach will answer you, and you say, it's true. Right now I'm learning how to learn. I'm developing my learning skills. And at a later stage, when I've developed the skills how to learn, then I'll still learn, but I'll be able to learn much better. So what's wrong with that argument? What's wrong if a person spends years now developing skills that he'll be able to utilize later? Okay, so before we get to the side, which I want to explain, the simple answer to the question is that the later never comes. At what stage do we say that's going to change? Bachim in 1560 and 17 Yeshivak are learning how to learn. Bachim and Yeshivak are still learning how to learn. And even those places where the learning the Yeshiva Masech, they're still learning how to learn. They're still learning the same style. So all the, all the emphasis on learning how to learn, when does it ever come in marriage that a person actually starts to learn? Well, that's just a practical argument. And the same would apply to the people learning Yerush Hashem all day, which Rechaim Vizajan is talking about. And that is, what was the limit? They, they, right now they're working on the Oitzer of Yerush, and next year they'll still be working on, a, on a, developing more the Oitzer of Yerush. And if that's the case, it's always going to be trying to work more on the, what they're doing and doing it better. They'll never get to the other part, which is learning the Torah. So that's a simple answer to the question. But there's a, if we learn from the Gemara, it's a deeper point here too. The Gemara says that a person should split his time into thirds. And a third of his time he should learn Mikra. And a third of his, which is Tanakh, and a third of his time he should learn Mishnah, which is basically, if you have the Torah Shabbat Peh, which is clear, that's the Halacha. And a third of his time he should learn Gemara, which is the discussions and the arguments and the elaboration on the Halacha. So a person should mashalish his time between these three parts of the Torah. And the Gemara asks the obvious question, and that is, a person doesn't know how much time he has. He knows if he lived till 80 or till 90 or till 100. So how am I meant to know when my first third of time is up? It's time to move on to the next part of Torah, where I don't know how much time I've been allocated. And that the Gemara answers that we don't make a cheshpun based on the lifetime, because it's true, we don't know how long it is. And the cheshpun of splitting up one's time is on an everyday basis. And therefore, according to the Gemara, every day, a person spends a third of his day on Mekra, a third of his day on Mishnah, and a third of his day on Gemara. Every day is a day, and every day has to be spent properly. And it properly means that I'm dividing it up into the three different areas I'm meant to know. So I have to apply myself to each one on a daily basis. The idea that now I'm doing one, and years from now I'm doing the other one, isn't a valid argument. I need to know all the parts of the Torah now. And like I said before, the person doesn't know how long he has, so he can't decide when he's going to do something else. And that same answer applies here too. To show that right now I'm learning Yira, so in a few years' time I'll be able to learn, I'll have an oitzah to, to fill, or right now I'm learning how to learn, so in a few years' time I'll be able to learn, we see that from the Gemara that's not the way to look at time. You don't look at what I'm doing now for years' time. If there would be an argument to learn, it would mean that I'm spending some time today doing one, so that the rest of the time today I'll do the other. And that was Nefesh Chaim's argument. 
They saw people who spent their whole day learning just here. And if that's the case, they're not learning properly. Or they might decide to do it in the future, even if that might be the case. And that doesn't justify the day-to-day where I didn't learn the way I was meant to learn. So that's his first marshal, and that is just building an oitza which never gets filled. Is There's no point in that. And now we're going to skip the next paragraph just for a moment because I want to come back to it. And this goes to the second marshal. And he says in the beginning of the paragraph, Same thing when we said that a person is allowed to interact in the middle of learning. He's pointing to re-strengthen the Hashem. We said it's like mixing this cup of chumtin into the wheat, which is a preservative. The person is going to add more than the preservative than he needs into the wheat. A person goes to buy wheat, and it's not a little bit of preservative, it's half of its preservative. He's going to say, that's not what I wanted, I wanted wheat. If a person is going to spend more time learning about Yira than it's necessary in, to retain the Torah that he's learned, so then it's too much preservative. Then instead of filling his time with Torah, with enough Yira to keep the Torah, he's taking off time from Torah, he's stealing time from Torah to learn other things, and says uh, he's going to be so to speak, accused of having not achieved what he's meant to achieve in Torah. A person is only allowed to take time of Torah to uh, learn Yira, and as much as a person can weigh up and defeat his situation, that's how much a person needs a year to balance in the Torah and to maintain the Torah in his land. And the person has to make a cash for how much that is, because more than that is stealing time from Torah. Now, that's the, that's the Muslim Maisa that Nebuchadnezzar wanted to come to. And that is that learning here has a place, but it's not too much because it's the cash for the Torah. Let's look historically. As we know, the Nefesh Achaim lived in the beginning of the 1800s, about 220 years ago. He built his Yeshiva Velazhin as the citadel of Torah, as a place where Torah would always be left. About 40, 50 years later, a student of his student, Mishra Salanta, introduces a new thing to the world of Torah, the idea of learning Musa. Learning Musa and working on developing one's medits and raising one's level. And Rabbi Yishal Salanta was on a campaign to introduce Musa as a formal learning into all the yeshivas. And of course, the flagship yeshiva at the time was Velazhin. And he went to Velazhin to try and convince the Anhala Velazhin to incorporate Musa as, as part of the state of And one of the leading yeshivas of Velazhin then at the time was Rabbi Chaim Brisker, Rabbi Chaim Soloveitchik. And as is well known, Reb Chaim didn't agree. And he, would, that he stood against the idea of introducing Musa into the curriculum of Elijah, as indeed never happened. So what was the argument about? So the first question we have to ask is, was Yisrael Salanta, was Rabbi Yisrael Salanta coming to argue with Nefesh Chaim? Nefesh Chaim says that the amount of years Hashem a person needs is how much he needs 
so to speak, as a preservative for the Torah, and not more than that. So, was that what he's coming to argue with? The the whole, the person is meant to focus primarily on on learning Musa as opposed to learning Gemara. And the answer is no. The Balim Musa also disagreed with Nev Shachai that the primary learning has to be Gemara, Halacha, main part of Torah. But the idea of Musa was to have a specific time when a person would learn Musa too. And therefore, that would be the time of the Kavchan That would be the time in a day a person would dedicate to learning Musa, which would be given the nearest Shemaim that he needed. And as opposed to those people that Nefshachayim argued with, who wanted to spend most of their time learning Musa, even in those yeshivas where there was an emphasis on Musa, Musa was half an hour a day, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, but it definitely didn't become the primary limit of the day. If that's the case, what was the argument of Akhidashim? If everybody agrees that the primary limit has to be the Shas and the Paiskin, and everybody agrees that Musa is necessary as the Kav to preserve that, so what are the two sides to the argument? So if we say it simply, people would think, having heard what I just said, that Rechaim Soloveitchik was against learning Musa. He didn't let them bring Muslim to Vedash. And therefore the brisk shit is not to learn Muslim. I heard from Rishlem Brevda, Rishlem Brevda was one of the first Talmudim of Shiva's Brisk in Yerushalayim. He was a Talmud of Rishaber, the Brisker of Sun. And he had an ample opportunity to view the Brisker from up close. So I heard from Rishlem Brevda that the Brisker had a Mercedes Shayim in his palace bath. And every day after Shachris, he would sit down and then 15 minutes of Mercedes Shayim. So, it's not that the briskers didn't hold of learning Musa, the brisker himself had a daily seder to learn Musa. In fact, Rishlam Abrevda told us, he said that they were watching the brisker and they saw what he was up to. And when he got near the end of the sefer, everyone was wondering, uh, what's he going to learn next? And eventually, curiosity got the better of him, he said he went to Yashabar, the brisker of son, and said, what's, what's the next sefer, the Musa sefer, the brisker is going to learn after he finishes the Mercedes to show I don't know, we have to wait and see. And uh, so they saw that the one day when the Briskov gets to enter the safe, finishes the show and puts it back in his Tyrus bag. And of course they wait to see what happens the next morning. The next morning the Briskov sits down, takes out the message to show him and starts from the beginning again. So obviously he held enough of learning what's the name of the Shoshone. There was something that he went over more than once. That was something he worked on. So no one, we can't say that they were against learning what's Somebody, as we know. The Vilna gone many, many times in his parish and Mishnah talks about the importance of learning Musa. So what was the argument in Vedashan? The argument in Vedashan was, does one need to institutionalize Musa? In other words, it's something which everyone agrees a person needs to do on their own, but it's something which should become an institution. If you're taking this, making, so to speak, this is part of the yeshiva, and at this time, everyone's going to learn Musa. So it should be left to each person to do what they need, to feel what they need. I mean, the famous words that Rav Chaim Briska told of Israel, he said, uh, he said to him, Musa is like medicine. A person who's sick needs to take medicine. But we don't dispense medicine to everybody because some people are sick. And Israel's answer to that was, 
and if everybody's sick, then you would give them more medicine. And if he understood that in the door where everybody needs, so to speak, what Muslim can, Muslim can, can provide, without that everyone is sick. But the point I wanted to bring up is that it wasn't that, therefore, Chaim Milajan is Moskan and Nefesh Chaim is against Musa. Bavali held this is important to the Musa, and it's only a question of proportion. Which means the Musa has to be the Kavchomtin and not the primary point of learning. And even the Bali Musa, the two generations after him, came to promote learning Musa, it was also only with that proportion. There's a famous question which everyone knows that the Vishwasant was asked if a person only has half an hour today to learn, half an hour a day to learn, Shirin Musa, Shirin Gemara. And uh, as far as I've understood, this question wasn't from Amaris who didn't know anything. And uh, therefore, things what should I do for half an hour a day? The question was really from somebody who was trying to push this point. And that is how important do you think Musa is? Is it just a haktam of learning and therefore it shouldn't be a person's only learning? Or do you think it's so important that if, even if a person only has one thing to learn a day, that should be Musa? And this is well known, the famous answer Israel gave. Basically, he sidestepped the question. And he said, the person should spend a half an hour learning Musa, and then he'll find he has more time to learn Gemara too. So he's not answering the question of one without the other or another. If a person needs to only have an hour, half an hour to learn, they should definitely learn Musa, because then they'll learn that they have much more time to learn, and then we may as well be learning both. Okay, so that's the side, the side point of what the Nefesh Chaim understood Musa as being isn't necessarily contradicted by what the Bani Musa wanted to do. Now, let's go back to the point we said before. So we have two different Mishalim for what Musa is meant to do. The one is that it's meant to be the storehouse which contains the Torah. The other one is it's meant to be the Kav which keeps the Torah fresh. What's the difference between these two Mishalim? Why do Chazal need to? And it's interesting that when he talks about the idea of it in the middle of a person's learning, he feels the need to learn Musa, then he calls it the Kav Then he calls it the Kav so the said is like this. When we spoke about the idea of doing chiva before a person learns, because that creates the level of taris alev which is needed to store Torah, so that's before a person learns. It doesn't say persons to do chiva when they're learning again. When the person's slave is tar, then it's a storehouse to learn. As much as he learns, you can add to the you can add to the storehouse. But when he's talking about the fact that a person can feel the Yerush Hashem in learning, that kid I'm standing in front of Hashem, or the importance of what I'm learning, those are things which a person has to feel actively when he learns. And therefore, there's a possibility of those things, uh, a person might lose that, that, that sensitivity, that hergish, when he's learning. And therefore, he has to we have to re-strengthen it. And that's like the Kav Chumtin. The Tvur is going to get stored, but what keeps it true, Tvur fresh is the Chumtin. And here also, even if a person can retain Torah, what keeps the Torah, so to speak, in a way where it's, it's important, so every word is meaningful, and I know that Hashem is talking to me, that the level of the freshness of Torah, with the newness of Torah, that needs that, that Kav Chumtin, that constant Chizuk, uh, the constant uh, reinforcing of the fact that I'm I'm learning from Hashem, or the fact of the value of the Torah, how it speaks to me, whatever it might be. And that's the case, we come to another point. We're not talking about Musa here, which is necessary to fix a person's midas, or Musa, which is here in order to tell a person to change their madrega. There's a, per- there's a place and a point for Avodah Sa'adam also, 
And it's nothing to do with what the Nefesh HaKhamim is talking about. He's talking about the Musa which is necessary to learn Torah. And if that's the case, the Musa is something which enables a person to learn Torah and in a way which enables a person to learn Torah. And just like he's not talking about whether a person should daven or not, it's a separate a mitzvah and it's nothing to do with the time he's learning. It's the same thing, talking about this or working on various matters of av and year and whatever it might be, are also things a person needs to do, not while he's learning. The thrust of the Nefesh HaKhamim's argument is when a person is meant to be learning, he's not meant to be learning Musa. The point of learning is to know the Torah. Learning isn't self-development in his medicine. There's a different time for that. And then he says, but there's a kind of yira which helps a person know the Torah, and that's something which is part of the learning Seder. As opposed to people who felt that the whole point of learning was only to make themselves better, like we said before. And if that's the case, then they're willing to spend all their learning time on self-analysis. And like we said at the beginning, we're going to finish, the, come back to this point again. In reality, that comes back to the same you said. And that is, if a person's using the Torah as the means to make themselves better. So I'm trying to improve myself, I'm trying to get to a higher dagger, so my learning is better focused on raising myself. Or the idea is to know the Torah. And if that's the case, my focus in learning is to know the Torah better. And what I want to achieve is a knowledge of the Torah. And that's the case. Never Shachayim explained that is the side of Torah learning, and therefore to waste time when I could be learning Torah, to spend the time thinking about uh, how I can better myself. That's if it's necessary for Torah, it's good. And if not, then it's not. It's taking time which is meant to be time for Torah. Is there no? Is there a place and time to work on it? A different time, but not always learning. In fact, he's even going to say later on that a person who's learning Torah maybe needs less time to work on these things, but we'll still see. Now I'd like to go back and just finish the paragraph we missed out at the end of the class. And he quotes the Chazal, which Chazal says, Hashem has all he has in his world is the four Amis, is the Oitzer of Yerushimai. And he says, But I give the Chazal by Amorim, Ainan Lakadish Prochab Olamo, El Oitzer of Yerushimai Bilbad. And therefore people might think that the only thing which is valuable in the world is Yerushimai. That's all Hashem has in his world. So that's what it means. What it means is the worship has in the world is the Ostoyas, which is going to get filled with all the times of Torah, Mikra, Mishnah, Lachas, all the different parts of the Torah. So here it's Torah But it doesn't mean to say that all Hashem wants is a storehouse. What it means is Hashem wants the storehouse which is full. And it's going to store what's inside it, which is clear to the person and he remembers. The engraved on his heart, that's the point we said before. And that is that if a person is more tired, so then his heart accepts or retains more Torah. And otherwise, what is the memory's will? Just halacha or just Yerushimayim? And the fear that Nefesh HaKhaim is no argument. What we meant Hashem only in his world and the arts of Yerushimayim means a full arts of Yerushimayim. And a full of Yerushimayim means this oats of Yerushimayim which has been filled with Torah. And you need both, because without an oats they learn to put the Torah into. And without the Torah, then an empty oats is not what Hashem wants. And now he adds one more point of depth to finish with us. He brings in the brackets. Just like we're talking about in Ruchni's terms, there's a concept called Torah, and a concept called Yerah. In a kiyabah, the year is something which is empty, it's, it doesn't have anything of its own. And if it its job, Raki Oitzar, Bez Kibbal, Hashef, Aalyan, Yifchen, Satayr. 
That's the Oitzar, the store room, which we can recover the chef of the Torah. And therefore, this is the middle of the Oitzar, we call it the middle of Samalchus. And its function is just to be a makabal of Torah, which, and that's, that's what we call uh, the Oitzar of Yerim. The place in which the place in which the Shekhinah came down, and therefore that acts as the Kli to hold the, the Shekhinah. The same thing in the Shemayim, there's a concept of Besmeda Shalmala. Besmeda Shalmala is the place where, so to speak, is the Kli to Makabal Kedusha in Shemayim, and then when the Kli is appropriate, then Vashem Hechel Kodshay. And we have the Shekhinah, which is prevalent or is evident in its Kli. And now we see a deep insight. And that is, what's the Kli which is Makavah the Shekhinah? So that's the Yira. Yira. When there's a Kli of Yira, then that's a place where the Shekhinah can come to. And that's how whenever we talk about the Besa Mikdash, it's always in the term of Moira. We talk about Moira, Mikdash, fear of the Mikdash. We talk about the fact that the, 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 when people saw Basemikdash they learned the Mount Tilmud of the Yeras Hashem Why? Because the Ba'atam, the Kli for the Shekhinah wasn't the building. The Kli for the Shekhinah was the Yeras Hashem, which is the place therefore which can hold the Shekhinah. And that's how we know. Even by Yaakov Avinu, who, was, who slept in Hare Maria, long, long, long before there was a building there. But when he wakes up in the morning and he realizes he slept in the Makkah Mikdash, he says, Vayira Vayoyma, Manoira Amokamazah. And the idea was that a place where there's Yira, that builds the Kli, that that place can now become Kedusha. And therefore, a pla- being as the Baisa Mikdash was a place where Nore Elokim where that Yira was felt, so you that became a place where it was Roy for the Shrin. And then we see the, Mikta, the Mishkan too, it wasn't in a specific place, but it was a place where Yira Shemayim was tangible, and therefore it was a place the Shrin could come to. That's what we call the Midas Yira. And, the Midas, and when Klai Yisrael lost that Yira, so then the basement was no longer a place for the Shekhinah, even though the building was still standing. The Shekhinah can only come down to a place where there's a key to Makabu. That's like we spoke about when we spoke about the Oitzah for Torah. It's the same idea. Something which can store Torah has to be a place which is Kodesh enough to store the Torah. And that's when we spoke about the Oitzah of Yira that a person can build is something which can fill with Torah. The same idea. The Yira that a person can build is something which can fill with Ruch Kodesh. With the, with the depending on what the level of the thing is. That's the and that's him, the continuation of the Bible. The whole world is afraid of him. And it's after that middle of fear which brings to the Shrina coming down. That's the Gemara says Nivamis, when it says Mikdashai Tiro. We should be afraid of the Mikdash, the Gemara says maybe it means you should be afraid of the building of the base of Mikdash. And the Gemara says, no, it means we are fair of the one who is shaykhin in the Beis HaMikdash. And it's Yerushimayim everywhere. What's special about the Beis HaMikdash? And the question here is that the Moira is what makes the Shekhinah come down. When there's a situation where everybody has that Yerushimayim, that enables the ground, so to speak, as a place where the Shekhinah can come to. How does it look? So like we said before, something Kaddosh can't reside in something which isn't Kaddosh. They contradict each other. The one can't house the other one. And therefore, if the more a person gets to Kedusha, the more Kedusha you can accept. Like Mr. Hashem tells us when he gets to Kedusha, that the amount the person makes himself able to accept Kedusha, that's the amount of Kedusha Hashem can give him. But the step before that is the step of Yira. It's the step of Yira. And the code of the Yira is that 
even if a person isn't on the level of Kedusha yet, but they have the, the Yira, which is a certain respect, a certain Chashivas uh, that they give, importance that they give to the Shechina, that they, want, that they want this place to be a place which something greater than the Shechina can come into. And therefore, as much as we can, we'll set it up like that. And therefore, part of the year we spoke about is doing trivial or not doing a various, to make sure the place is as appropriate as possible for Kedusha to be there. And when that's the way that people treat the Beis HaMikdash, then the Shechina can come there. And when people are mezalzal on that, and they're the time of the Beis HaMikdash, then it's not a place the Shechina can come. And same thing for every person themselves. The amount that the person is make, understands, in order for me to be able to makabal Torah, I have to be on a certain level, I have to be distant from Avera, and therefore I prepare myself to get Torah, then I make myself more worthy of getting the Torah, and Hashem gives it to me. The more a person is distant from that, which means they have less Yerushimayim, they have less of that appreciation for the, what they need to do in order to accept Torah, then the Torah won't rest on them, they don't, they're, they're, they're too distant from it. And therefore that same Midah, which calls Midah Sayira, which is the Kli Kibble, so to speak, for Shechina, or for Kedusha, it's the same idea as the year which the Kli Kibble a person makes for himself, which makes them a Kli Kibble for Torah. And of course, it's part of Matan Torah, Mamir Asina, which is nearly holding back. The whole event, and the whole production, and the whole the whole way that the Torah was dramatized and presented to the Jewish people, was, If only that this year will always stay there. And the point of what is, is that it was Machshir Klaishal to Makabal the Torah. That year which they felt was something which then worked to make them some people who could be Makabal the Torah. It was necessary. It was necessary. Because that, that the, the sense of the importance a person gives to Torah, therefore the amount that they're willing to prepare themselves for Torah, is what's bad and what's going to make them a clear cable for Torah. When there's a Basim Mikdash, maybe that was a place where. The Torah came from, when the Shechina came, that was the focus of Yira. But when you don't have a Basim Mikdash, then it's only every person's individual Yira, which becomes a storehouse what he can receive. And if we're going back to the Gemara quite before, And where's that Oitzar? That each person has to create for themselves. The level of Yira Shemayim a person has becomes an Oitzar which can get filled with Kedusha or with Torah. And there was a base of Mikdash, and there was a national Oitzar, and that became the focal point of the Kedushan of the Torah. But now there's no base of Mikdash. It's every Dalai Lamas, it's every person. His Oitzar is the place where the Kedushan will come to, and uh, that's what it means to prepare for Torah, because that's what the Torah is going to retain.